Pretty good. And it's great to see you all here this morning. How are you all doing? Yeah? You good? You look good. Goodness. Wow. We just went up to Auckland for the weekend and, um, and hip hop. Woo! Georgia, my, our, our oldest daughter, Georgia, was, was in the uh, hip hop nationals. And um, was it Putty as well, eh? Putty? Yeah, he was, he was in there as well. It's fantastic. And uh, Miami. So we had how many hours do we have, Paku? We had, must have had six hours of doof, 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 doof. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And twerking. Oh, some of you are just hoping, eh? <laughs> not quite sure whether you will or not. <laughs> but I really want to encourage you this morning, and um, been just speaking over the last few weeks on, on atmosphere. How many people are you starting to become aware of, of, of atmospheres that are around you? Yeah. One of the things we talked about is an atmosphere is what? It's created by a response to a spiritual influence. So spiritual atmospheres, nothing ever just turns up by itself. Nothing ever uh, is just there. Uh, atheists will, would think so, but that's just wrong. Uh, nothing is ever there. Everything is caused by something. Every effect is, has, a, has a cause behind it. And uh, atmospheres that are created over, over people's lives, over our cities, and cre- they don't just happen. They, they are caused by something. They are caused by a response to a spiritual influence. You know, there's, two, there's only, uh, only two camps of spiritual influences there's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of darkness. And most of the time, people are responders to spiritual atmospheres. Um, you know, we, we respond. So the spirit we talked about, is a, it's a different dimension, but in order for it to manifest on earth, we must give it time and space. So somebody has to come into an agreement with a spirit somewhere in order for the, the nature of that spirit to manifest on the earth. So, uh, I mean, we all know we can, we can feel an atmosphere. An atmosphere can be felt. It's not something that we imagine, we can, you can feel it and, it, and it, and it spreads. So an atmosphere is created by a, a response to a spiritual influence, and a, an atmosphere that is, that is sustained becomes a climate. So, you know, climates, some, some areas are, uh, have a higher climate than other areas. So when an atmosphere is sustained, you can, have a, you can have a good day, you can have a hot day, you can have a cold day, but overall there's a climate. Now, a, a, a climate would mean that the atmosphere is predictable. The atmosphere is predictable. You know when you go to... Fiji that you can predict, you kind of know that it's going to be warm weather. When you go to the islands, you know, I mean, people from the Rarotongas, Cook Islands, yeah. When you go to the Cook Islands, you know that the climate is going to be a certain place. You might have a coldish day there, but overall, there's a climate that's been established. One of the things that you go when a climate has been established, climate also, a climate sustained also creates strongholds when you are immersed in a climate for, for so long, one of the things you find that uh, you, the strongholds refer to our way of thinking, uh, how we think about life. You know, when you go to some of these places, according to the climate, you have people have a way of thinking. They also have a way of living, which is their culture. So a, a, a stronghold, which is sustained, becomes a, becomes a culture. So you notice the progression of something that with one person comes into an agreement with a spiritual uh, atmosphere as it grows and grows and grows, it, can, it, 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 it eventuates and progresses to become a whole culture. Culture is this. Culture is the outworking of how people think, 
how their attitudes, their behaviors. You might have, within a culture, you can have varying degrees, but a culture is the prevalent, is the, is the sum total of everybody or the collective of that environment, that, that, that collective. It's the sum total of all their beliefs, their attitudes, their, uh, their behaviors, how they work, how they behave, everything about that. It's, it's culture. You can go into a culture and you can experience, you experience culture. People travel all over the world. Why? Not just for the sake of traveling on an airplane. Why? Because they want to experience a different culture. People want to experience a different culture. You can walk here. You, you can, uh, whenever you come into a city, you experience a different culture. Why go to another city if every city was the same? Why is it that you travel? What is it that compels the whole travel industry? It's culture. To a large degree, it's, tra- it's culture. I mean, there's obviously varying things in there. But culture um, is why people will travel to, to different cities. And sometimes culture is not always... Uh, you can't always articulate it, but you feel it. You can sense it. You can experience it. And the Bible says, and uh, let's look at Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. The Bible says when Jesus, our boss, says these words, he said, A city on a hill. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Who's he speaking that to? He's speaking that to us as believers. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You cannot be hidden. You're a city on a hill. You notice a city, a city is made up of what? Mostly. A mostly a city is made up of collection or groups of families. That's what it is. It's made up of settlers, it's made up of um, there's industry, there's a whole bunch of different elements within, the, within a city. But a, essentially a city is made up of families. And the overall dynamic, the overall belief system, the values, the attitudes, the behaviors of that city create what's called a culture. So when you go to some cities, like we, we, we talked about the other day, about Las Vegas, for example. Las Vegas never just appeared. Las Vegas appeared because of something. It was developed. It was shaped because of something. It was once a desert. There was nothing there. And somebody decided uh, uh, that they're going to do something. They're going to create something there. Their inspiration was inspired by, by a demon. And eventually it started to spread. It was, it, was, it was inspired by a spirit of lawlessness. It was, a, it was inspired by a spirit of greed. And over there, people came into agreement with this. So atmosphere is eventually created. It took one person to come into agreement and then start to form a, a space, time and space. That, that expression was then formed on the earth, right? Then people started to come into agreement with that. Eventually an atmosphere was formed. Now the atmosphere is so strong that people travel from all over the world to come to that place. The spirit that operates from that place, the culture that operates in that place is so strong that it resonates within people's hearts. People go, people go there subconsciously with a whole bunch of different intents. You know the saying, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah, some of you are like, <laughs> I've been there. We had a, I, went, I had time with Benny Hinn there. It was fantastic. And, um, but when you go there, you can feel the spirit of the place. People come under the influence of the spirit before they've even stepped foot in the country. Why? It's a culture that draws people. You look at the party scene around here. You look at uh, places there is a culture. There is an environment that draws people. That culture that doesn't happen just by itself. It is formed, it is created, it is, it is set by somebody coming into an agreement with something 
then other people come and respond to that in an atmosphere is formed. But the Bible, Jesus says also, he says, you are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. There is something about the city of God. The Bible talks about heaven. The Bible describes it like a new Jerusalem, a city. So a city, there's a city, there's a, there is a city that we, you and I belong to. There's a culture that you and I belong to. That culture is the culture of heaven. That culture is the whole culture of heaven. My friends, that is why Jesus Christ came, to bring to earth a new culture. One of the things you find is as a church, we're not called just to fit in to society. Paul would say, I'm in the world, but not of the world. You can be in society, you can be in there, but not of the world. You can be in the culture, but not of that culture. We're in a culture of Hawke's Bay, but we're not of that culture. You can be in your work environment. You can be in a culture, but not of that culture. One of the things you find is when Jesus came, he came to bring a different culture. He came to push the boundaries of one and bring in another. You know, the thing about climate change, when climate shifts, so do boundaries in which the climate operates. You talk about global warming, what happens? Global warming, you know, the boundaries, they're talking about boundary shifting. The sea level's coming up, the sea level's coming down. The ice cap's coming in, the ice cap is coming down. Friends, when a culture starts to shift, so does its boundaries and so does its territories. Friends, as you and I as called as, a, as ambassadors of, of Jesus Christ, is not just to come to church and being happy, clappy, and, 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 and just receive the blessing of God upon our lives, but it's to extend the boundaries. We extend that boundary by adopting the kingdom of heaven, the culture of heaven into our lives. If enough of us do it, my goodness, the boundaries shift and we will increase. We're talking about the other day in, in 1 Corinthians, as your faith increases, as your faith continues to grow, so shall we be enlarged and also the territories in which we are involved, so also be enlarged. God's pushing our boundaries a little bit, amen. Amen. Got to get into you a little bit this morning. <laughs> culture. I want to talk a little bit about the culture of heaven. It's important to understand this, because if you understand it, if you can understand how culture is formed, if you can understand what strongholds are, if you can understand how an atmosphere is formed, you can shift the world. You can change the world. People that are billionaires get a hold of this concept that they know that the world is flexible. They know that people can be shifted. They know that dynamics, they know that boundaries can be shifted. You only have to see Apple. You only have to see technology companies. It's not that the fact that they've come up with a good idea. It's the fact that they understand that people can be shifted. People can be moved. Power can be shifted. When uh, a country or when a culture comes into a right place, you see this, you see this with Woodstock. I wasn't there personally. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. But in that, in, that, in that moment of time, there were so many things happened where it primed the culture to a point where it took one event to shift a whole culture. A whole culture, a whole nation. The world was basically shifted by one event. Why? Because it was all primed, ready to go. People knew how to shift cultures. When you can understand this principle, you can shift the dynamic in your own life. For some cultures, for some families, the culture that has been operating in their, in their life and their family has been one of separation, has been one of 
divorce, it's been one of depression. That has been the predominant. You might have some good ones in the family, but by and large, there's divorce in there. By and large, there's depression in there. By and large, there's torment in there. But I want to tell you today that our God can turn that around, amen. Our God can turn that around in your life. He can turn it around in your life where there's been finance lost. He can turn that around in the name of Jesus, amen. I was just meditating this morning, and I was so grateful to the... And I was just reflecting on our life, and uh, I was reflecting back on Dad, Mum and Dad, that uh, uh, I have so much, you know, so much love and respect for him. But he is not in the place in this world today just by chance. You're not in this place today. Many of you have come here because of his influence. Many people around the world have been touched by the blessing, by the influence of his life. It didn't just happen. How did it happen? Did it randomly happen? No, it didn't. He was born into a, a dysfunctional family, an emotionally disconnected death. This is interesting that everywhere he's known in the world today is Father Mike or Pastor Mike. He's received as a father. However, his own natural father was emotionally distant after the war. The whole family was emotionally disconnected. So what happened? What ha- how did it get from there to where it is today? How did I get the blessings that I'm so grateful for upon my life? That right now, the, the blessing has gone from a dysfunctional family to where his children's children's children will be blessed. How? How? I was watching photos of him the other day when they turned 70. Watched him as a wild man in the scientist geek. Gone from that to shifting... Uh, nations in the world. How? Well, it's been, it's, I, I believe this. He purposefully shifted the culture in his own life. The culture in the family was heading one way. However, somebody decided at some point that enough is enough. And I'm going to turn the tide in my family, not just for me, but my family, my, my kids, and my kids' kids, and my kids' 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 kids. So it doesn't matter, for, it doesn't matter what has happened in your life to this point. Doesn't matter where you are in your life, you can make a decision today to shift the predominant culture in your life. The culture is formed by the predominant atmosphere, the predominant prevailing spirit that has been operating. The predominant spirit that you come into agreement, the predominant spirit in which your family comes into agreement, that forms your culture. Whether it's brokenness, and I see some people, they try and get out of that. Some people, you see one person, they 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 they. They decide, to make some, they decide to make some shifts in their family. One of the first things they would do is they would start to dress up flash. Just dress in nice clothes. One of the things you'll find is they'll get mocked. Why? Because they start to become countercultural. They start to push against the prevailing spirit that's operating in their environment. See, what these spirits try to... That's one of the main things of spirits is they, they try and uh, they culturize... They culturize their outwork, and they culturize their, their behavior, they, they culturize their nature so it becomes normal. And you can't to, it's hard to even challenge something that becomes normal, that you see or consider as normal. You can see that right now with our young people today. Things that are not normal, we live in a culture where a spirit is trying to make us think that it's normal. We all know it's not. 
And whenever you try and stand up against it, you'll see a reaction. Why? Because it's the spirit behind it. The Bible says, you are a city on a hill. There is something different about my church. There's something different about you. See, culture, either you and I can either be products of our culture. You can be a product of the culture that you were raised in. You can be a product of the culture that you, are, you currently exist in right now. You can be a product of that, and most people are. However, you can turn that around and you can shift culture. That is the mandate that Christ has called for us, that we will not just be fitting in and not be relevant to a culture, but be countercultural. Instead of just playing nice church. You look, in, you look at businesses, for example. You know, I've looked at some of the top businesses in the world. Companies spend millions and millions of dollars deliberately shaping culture. Why? Because they understand the power of it. They understand how much culture plays. It's not just about numbers and figures, but culture, the way people behave, their values, their, their attitudes, their beliefs, all of that, whether they know it or whether they don't know it, doesn't matter. Their culture still determines a success or a failure of a company. If companies understand this dynamic and spend millions of dollars influencing it, it has to be real. It has to be of some value. For example, uh, even part of recruitment now. Recruitment, uh, whether there's a cultural alignment with, with, between a potential employee and an organization, there's a lot of emphasis being placed on that. Why? Because they understand the power of when people are culturally aligned. They deliberately establish culture. Uh, one of the things I, two places I went to, IBM and Google. One of the things you know about Google, if you ever got the opportunity to go through the Google building, you'll find that they have a room that is very much like this. What you're sitting in right now. You go into the Google building and they have this big room like this. It's probably... It's a little bit bigger than this, and they've got, a big cafe, they've got a cafe over in the corner. They've got a stage like this, which is black, and they've got speakers, and they've got lights like this. And they've got seats like you're sitting in right now. Every, sun, every Friday, what they would do is the two owners of Google, I think it's Larry Page and, or somebody and somebody else, they would come together, and every Friday they would speak and take the stage, and that, that would be televised through all the Google staff all over the world. Why? What are they doing? Is it just for the sake of getting on the stage? No, it's not. They're deliberately shaping the culture of Google. Just like we're doing today. <laughs> Every Sunday we come together and deliberately, it's not just about the fact we come together and clap happy, sing happy songs. It's about shifting the culture, about shifting the predominant culture that's been on people's lives. Shifting it off, getting a turnaround in people's lives. That's the whole point of it. Aligning ourselves to kingdom culture. IBM, when I, when I walk through IBM building, Every part of IBM, the research center, was dedicated to one thing, is to fostering initiative. Everything. The whole, every part of the culture, the visual, the felt, everything was about fostering initiative. Why? Because the whole company's success is based on initiative. Even the building is designed in a way that reflects that of initiative. The building is designed in a, in a, in a, like a semicircle like that, so it doesn't matter... Whenever, wherever you stand in the building, you can't see the end of the, the other end. Why? Because never, innovation never stops. Everything is purposefully designed to set the culture. 
One of the th uh, other companies I, had, I worked with in New Zealand, uh, they're a car sales brand. And I just want to just explain a little bit this, uh, so you understand the power of it. They sell cars. When you, look at the when you look at the most trusted people in New Zealand, car sales people are at the bottom. <laughs> car sales people are at the bottom. No one trusts the car salesman. Yet, one of the most trusted brands in New Zealand is Toyota New Zealand, the car sales people. One of the things you find is Toyota, I mean, I work with the, with the head office with, with my study, and one of the things that they do, they deliberately disciple. They deliberately disciple and deliberately shape the culture of every head office or, or every office, every dealership around the world. They have a set of eight core values. Right? One of the things that they do, and nothing has got to do with cars. Not one has got to do with cars. It all comes under that, 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 that slogan, believe. You know, Toyota believe. They have eight values that are, that are connected to that. So one of the things that they do is they make sure that the principle of every dealership, they get inside of their lives to say, how are these values being outworked in your life? These are very things that the church, <laughs> these are kingdom principles that the, the secular world are, 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 are getting a hold of, bringing into their organizations, and it works for them. Culture is powerful. The way people think, the way people behave, the way that you do life, the way that you set your environment, the way, the environment in which you establish your life, the environment, the culture that you have in your family will determine to a large degree the destiny of, that, of your family. I love what uh, Joe and Doug are doing with, the, with your kids, you know, with, your, with your Save to Succeed, and uh, you know, about bringing people out of bringing your your kids out of poverty and, and making sure that when they get down the track, they aren't in poverty. Setting in deliberate, deliberate values. Setting in deliberate um, principles around, um, around their finances for the children. So once they get older, they've developed a culture where the kids will be blessed. Instead of just leaving it, instead of randomly setting it, instead of randomly letting their kids try and find it, Deliberately shaping it and deliberately setting it so their kids and their kids' kids would be blessed. The same thing with our spiritual environment. What sort of environment do you tolerate in your life? Because at the end of the day, our culture, the culture that is, uh, represents Bay City, the city of God, will be the, uh, the, uh, it'll be the, uh, the culture that we either uh, submit to, that we tolerate, or that we deliberately set. It'll be shaped and formed by the, uh, the spirit that has the greatest dominance in our life. It will be set by the spirit that has the greatest dominance in our life. And inevitably, we will express in some way the most dominant spirit in our life. That's a fact. I, I'm a pastor of a church. Does that mean that I don't struggle with other, I, I battle against other spirits? Absolutely not. I battle all the time. But one of the things I have to do is to make sure I have a choice, to make sure that the dominant spirit in my life, the dominant spiritual influence, is the Holy Spirit of God. You have a choice always. Who are you going to let influence your life? All of the time, you are being influenced or being an influence. The moment that you understand that dynamic operating around your life, the moment that you understand that, it's the start point in which you can start to shift the environment around your life. 
It's the point where you can start to shift the culture. And it's the, and it's the time where the city of God will start to expand. Urban sprawl. The city of God is not just about staying stagnant. It's not a city that's just going to have its boundaries just thus far and no more. No, no, no. No, no. You go to, you go to some of these cities, a, a city that prospers, a city that is in good health, what? It expands. You look in Auckland right now, they're looking at opening up new territory to enlarge. One of the things, I, I also studied the Auckland City Council. One of their, uh, what, their mission statement is this, to become the world's most livable city. How do they do that? Their main strategy is this, by creating, purposefully creating environments that are conducive to growth. That's it. In a nutshell, that's it. So they can either have the environment that is default by whatever culture that comes in, or they can deliberately set it. The same with yourselves. The same with this church. We can either uh, have our culture set by whatever spirit you will bring in, <laughs> or we can deliberately set it and say, no, 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 no. No, no, no spirit of meanness is going to operate in here. This is Jehovah. He's not Jehovah cheapy. <laughs> Not Jehovah Chiefy. Jehovah Generous. <laughs> There's not going to be no spirit of depression here. I know you had some bad things, but hey, my God is more than enough, amen. You may have had a hard day. You may have had a, somebody may have been bad to you or done something horrible to you. But amen, you've still got the Lord with you, amen. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It just takes somebody to stand up and make a decision. I'm going to be under this influence. Not that influence. People may speak, God, oh, doom and gloom, but hey, my Bible says that the God, my God owns all this anyway. All he has to do is say, be blessed, and it will be blessed. All you've got to do is just to respond. The more we respond to the Spirit of the Lord, the greater the kingdom of heaven, the culture of heaven, will start to be evident in our, upon our lives. It doesn't take, it's not that hard to read somebody's life. It's not that hard to read somebody's future. It's not that hard at all. You just have to look and feel the atmosphere that's around the person's life. Look at the culture. Look at what they welcome. Look at the spirit. Feel the spirit in which they consistently walk in. You will find in them what future they have. So culture is incredibly important. You know, there are often there's strongholds that have become so embedded in our culture that unless they're faced with a different culture, a counterculture, they'll never shift. You have generations and generations of people that are born into bondage and do not even know it. They've become so normalized, the strongholds have become so normalized that they don't even know it until they encounter something else. When we lived in, when we went to Pakistan, right? We've become so used to the culture that we live in. We go to a different culture and it's completely different. People do different things. They talk differently. They eat at different times. They, they behave differently. They behave completely different. It's a culture shock for a lot of people. Friends, I reckon when we counter the culture of heaven, it's a positive culture shock, amen. It's a positive culture shock. When Jesus came into this earth, he talked about, um, you know, that you are the city on a hill. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. He started to talk about, sh uh, about shifting the culture. The culture was one, pr pr the prevalent culture 
was that of religion and that of the Romans that were, that were oppressive. So when Jesus came, the Bible says, you know, we talk about that. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit, with power, and walked in signs and wonders. He, he came to shift the prevalent culture of people's lives under the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, that same call is upon our lives today. He said, you, he talked about it as written, uh, 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 you, you have been told that this, but I'm telling you this to change. I'm telling you, you, you've heard that life is like this, but I'm here to tell you, I'm here to bring a different culture, a different way of living. Instead of carrying it one mile, carry it two instead. If he slaps you on the cheek, give him the other one. I'm not talking about the other cheek, you know. So this one. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus is about a counterculture, and that is what our church is called to be. Not just called to be relevant, but to be a counterculture. There are many voices in the land, and none of them fails to convey a message, whether it be suicide, oppression, racism, or hatred, or war, poverty, whatever it is. All these spirits try and influence, but somebody somewhere must respond. Otherwise, they stay in spirit world. What we experience, the, the negativity in the world, the, the depression, the oppression, the, 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 the suicide, it exists because somebody lets it exist. Somebody comes into an agreement. Somebody tolerates it. Somebody tolerates poverty. That's why it's there. Somebody tolerates suicide. That's why it's there. If enough people respond to a spirit, an atmosphere is created. That's when the spirits start to overcome, overtake whole cities and whole regions. But friends, you and I as a church are called to shift, pull down strongholds, amen. The weapons of our warfare are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds and what? The reestablishment of new strongholds. It's one thing to pull down a stronghold, it's another thing to reestablish a new one. It's one thing to pull down a stronghold of not having enough. It's another thing to, uh, to put into place a new stronghold. Amen. There are churches that appear to prosper because no one ever challenges the default culture. The default culture is one of sin. You can pray, you can give if you want to, just hang out if you want to. You draw people, but actually there's no demand to shift the culture. You find that, I know that as a pastor, you know, you can... You can make a place welcoming for people, but when you come and try to shift the culture that's been around a person's life, oh, my goodness. That's when you know what you're... That's a measure of your steel. Everyone wants to be nice, but not everyone wants to challenge the culture. Not everyone wants to challenge people's ways of thinking. Jesus got crucified for that. Why? Because he challenged the religious mindsets of people. As a church, you and I are called not to just exist within a culture. We're here to shift it. We are, the Bible says, a city on a hill. Jesus came to shift the prevailing culture and to bring a new culture into this earth. And I believe that God, that God is causing people like you and I, filled with the spirit, the culture of heaven, to challenge the spiritual climate by shifting Discerning the spirits and starting to shift it off their lives. Start to shift it off the world around you. One of the things we, um, uh, one of the things I believe that we're called to do is to, to interrupt 
the cycle of dysfunction that has been operating in people's lives. Otherwise, that cycle just keeps going and going and going and going. Divorce keeps going. Depression keeps going. Poverty keeps going. Just keeps going and going and going. Loneliness keeps going. Rejection keeps going. Depression keeps going until somebody says, Ah, no. I'm not going to agree with that anymore. I'm going to shift the culture. What culture has been operating in your family that you consistently come into an agreement with? Anger, violence. You know? No, 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 no. It keeps going and going. keeps perpetuating one generation after another until somebody says no. I'm going to bring a different culture in. To which you get a response. Well, who do you think you are? That's when you've got to test your steel. No, I'm going to shift the culture. I'm going to shift that prevalent spirit. In my, I'm going to start to dress. I'm not going to hang. I'm not going to hold myself. I'm not going to dress like a dog anymore. I'm not going to fit that level. I'm going to come up a level. You know, the call of God is an upward call, not a downward call. He wants to call your family up, not down, not stagnant. Where is he wanting to call you up in your family? Where is he wanting to call you up in your life? What culture there has been prevalent there? What stronghold has been there that you need to just stand up and shift? As it's been a spiritual deadness, at some point somebody's got to stand up and just start praying. If the spiritual climate is dead in your family, somebody, somewhere, just start to pray. Somebody will hear you. Somebody will start to respond somewhere. I love what we're doing in here. Like every holy, like every spirit, the spirit of the Lord also wants to come and to manifest the culture of heaven within our lives. But it takes somebody to come into an agreement with him, the Holy Spirit, to say, I'm going to bring, I'm going to come into an agreement with what the Holy Spirit says. I'm going to bring his manifest presence into the earth today. I'm going to come into an agreement and alignment with him. He is going to be the predominant spirit of my life. When the spirit of the Lord is... Come on, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Where people come into an agreement with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is the predominant voice in their life, they have a joy that no one can give to them and no one can take it away. They have a peace that no one can give them and no one can take it away. Only you can. By choosing to listen to somebody else. You don't need to use physical force anymore to try and get your way. Why? Because the Holy Spirit works inside of you. The Holy Spirit gives you peace. Joy that I have. In such a climate, when we start to make a decision to say, no, 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 we're not going to have a, a climate of control. We're not going to have a, a climate of poverty. We're not going to have a, a climate of apathy or anything like that. I'm not going to tolerate it. Why? Because apathy is just reflection of a spirit of unbelief. That's all. When people come in and they're apathetic, they want to just... Give a half-hearted clap, a half-hearted shout of praise. You just come into agreement with another spirit. That's why I keep going until I get a good response. Why? Because I want that spirit, the spirit of God, to be the predominant one in your life. And enough of us do it, we'll start to shift the spiritual climate. Then what happens? Then we'll have an atmosphere, a climate where something can grow. I want to build a climate, an atmosphere where our kids can grow. I'm starting to look at our kids right now. My goodness. I'm hearing some of the prophetic words that are coming out of their life, and I'm thinking, oh, the climate is lifting. 
The climate is lifting. The climate is lifting. We create an atmosphere where people can come in and they can experience the presence and the touch of the Lord. When we make a decision as mature Christians to stop coming into agreement, whatever spirit we tolerate in our life or in our family, and make a decision to just to start to come into agreement much more with the Holy Spirit. Just shift a little bit that way. We can all do that. You start to do that, the Spirit will create an atmosphere where the, the city of God will start to expand a little bit more. In such a culture, boundaries and limitations are moved out. Things that were once uh, desolate, the Bible says this, Thus saith the Lord, He said, uh, 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 And the day that I have cleansed you from all your iniquities, or cycles of dysfunction, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and the ruins shall be rebuilt. The desolate land shall be filled. Instead of lying desolate in the sight that everyone passes, everyone passes it by and says, look at that desolate land. The tide will turn. And they shall say, this land that was desolate has now become like the Garden of Eden. And the waste and the desolate and the ruined cities have now become fortified and inhabited. Bruce, I love what you're doing, man. People walk past that wasteland for a long time, saying, what's going to happen with that wasteland? For somebody who's got the, what's the word? Guts? Yeah, guts to stand up and say, I'm going to give it a go. No longer will people walk past that, drive past that bit of wasteland and think, what the heck's going on in there anyway? They'll turn it around and say, look at that fruitful garden of Eden. Why? It didn't happen by, it won't happen by itself. It'll happen because one person called Bruce will just say, I'm going to shift the spirit that's been operating here. That spirit won't long there, won't stay there anymore. I'm going to bring a different culture. It's not about building houses. My goodness, it's about shifting the culture that's been in that place for a long time. Oh, come on, give Bruce some. It's fantastic. Enough of us do it. We'll shift on New Zealand. Come on. Enough of us do it. Enough of us start to shift the culture that's been operating there over our lives. In the culture of heaven, swampland will become fortified. Swampland will become prosperous. Deserts will start to come to life. You watch over the next little while. As we shift the climate of this church, as we lift the spiritual climate, Hawke's Bay is going to prosper. Come on. New housing developments will go up. New industries will start to emerge. People that don't have jobs will turn around and say, I've got a job. But what they won't realize is because somebody made a decision at some point not to live under that, but to bring in a new spirit. Your grandkids, your grandkids' kids will one day look back and reflect and say, my goodness, my great-great-great-daddy made a decision to stop the cycle of poverty, stop the cycle of violence, stop the cycle of oppression, come into agreement with a different spirit. And now look where we are today. I had a praying grandmother. Yeah, I know, some of you praying grandmothers. Shifting the spirit, not tolerating that stuff over your life, over your family. Yes, it's going to put you in a place of confrontation, but you've got what it takes to push it out. You've got what it takes. You've got what it, If my dad could do it, you could do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Nothing special about us. We just made a decision. That's it. We're going to come into agreement with a different spirit. Do I get depressed? Yes, I do. Do I get lonely? Yes, I do. Do I get angry? Yes, I do. Do I get mean? At times, I do. 
Like I was speaking about the other day about identity. Yes, you're going to have ups and downs, but the sum total of your life, the sum total of your identity, it's not just because you've had little failures somewhere. The sum total of the culture around your life is not just because you've had an up day or a bad day, it's because you consistently make a decision to live under the influence of a different spirit. That's it. Come on, let's get the music team up here. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, Therefore, let us say it, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is not being mystical or anything like that. Not at all. That's just being stupid at some point. Walking in the Spirit is making a decision to live your life under the influence and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It's when you're confronted with a negative culture, when you're confronted with another spirit, you make a decision to walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you want to beat somebody up, when you want to express anger, you're going to say, no, no, that's not going to operate in my life anymore. When it comes to giving, you, you, you want to hold up your purse or hold up your wallet or close down your visa card or something like that, instead of saying, no, 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 you turn around and say, no, my God is more than enough. Amen. Come on. going to turn it around. You are a city on a hill that cannot and will not be hidden. We will not be hidden. Us as Bay City Outreach, I'm telling you right now, this culture, the environment that we're purposefully creating in here, we're going to expand into Central Hawks Bay, but that's not going to be the end of it will expand into other territories as well. Where there's been desolate lands, where there's been wells that are dried up, we're going to say, no, 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 no. We're going to move into that territory, the city of God, culture of heaven, expand and keep moving. We'll make those desolate cities alive. I'll tell you what, there are churches out there today that have become desolate. They need an awakening. I believe God's calling us to come in, to grow in His Every one of us enlarges in our own faith, makes a decision to grow in faith. We will enlarge, and as we enlarge, you will find that our influence will go beyond whatever we could ever imagine. Why? People are hungry. People are hungry. People will come here from all over the world. Why? Because they want to experience the culture of heaven in this place that you purposefully and you choose to build. Make a decision. My faith... I'm going to grow in faith. I'm committed to growing in faith. I'm committed to living a life, walking with the Holy Spirit. It's one of the things my dad has done the whole of his life. Ever since he came to that decision, I'm going to shift this off my life. I made a decision to walk with the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> you can do it. Come on, why don't you lift your hands, close your eyes. Holy Ghost. You are a city on a hill. A city on a hill. You are the light of the world. Cannot, will not be hidden. Father, today in the name of Jesus, we'll make a decision right now to lift our spiritual climate. Lift our spiritual atmospheres around our life. Father, we make a decision to stop coming into agreement with some of the other spirits, but we make a decision today to walk in you, walk in relationship with you, Holy Spirit.
that the Spirit of God be the dominant voice in our life today. That the culture around our families be shifted today in Jesus' name. Come on, shift it this morning with all my heart.